Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the SP Singh Show, a talk show about digital transformation where we invite different guests, share their experiences from different aspects, whether it is finance, strategy, agile, different aspects of multidisciplinary stream, which is digital transformation. So today we are going to cover from human resource, HR side of things, where we're going to talk about leadership, change management, why people resist change. That's the core component of any digital transformation. And we've got a very special guest today. We've got James Bryden. James, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Great. Thank you, James. I know James from... I think last two years, initially, we met at uh, District 32 morning event. James introduced me to the basics of networking and uh, that I knew nothing about networking at that point in time. So he stepped me through, helped me about what networking is all about. And uh, yeah, I sincerely thank james and uh, we are friends and catching up almost every fortnightly during our networking events so i think james have got a lot of value to add he's got wealth of experience in understanding humans in general and uh, throughout his career whether it is during royal marines and while he was a uh, he had his business and uh, coaching and he's got a wealth of experience. We're going to uncover all these aspects throughout this podcast and uh, learn from James. And the special aspect which we're going to uncover is all about teams, human resource, and the problems, challenges, opportunities we have from the human element within any digital transformation. Okay, James, let's get into it. So how about you share a little bit of your background before we get into the details? Okay, right. Well, originally, as you probably can tell, I'm from the UK, uh, but I've been here nearly 50 years. (laughs) Um, But before I came out, I was actually in the Royal Marines, did my commando training there and decided that uh, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Uh, Uh, No, not for me. So uh, I then came to Australia uh, on my own, left the family behind, mm-hmm. and um, ended up running my own business for 25 years or so mm-hmm. uh, until I went bankrupt, ah. um, which is another story. Ah. Um, then, to cut the story short, um, I, I uh, ended up as head coach of the national um, youth team of Indonesia, yep. which went on for a couple of years, uh, which was quite stressful. Mm. It was a very high-profile position where you know, I ended up being on TV and back, back pages of papers and celebrating sort of stuff. Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> not really. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we we won one game in a, in, a, in a competition against Thailand, and, and I ended up in you know in a, they said they call me they used to call me Mr. Jim, Mr. Jim, come here, come here. So I'd go under this. I went under the stand and into this room packed full of journalists, ah. and I'm sitting there. Pinching myself. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> um, so that was uh, yeah, just a really 
valuable experience. Mm. Loved having the experience, but it became clear to me that um, coaching football was not my scene. Okay. Because I'd, I'd played semi-professional soccer for many years and coached for many years. I had all the qualifications, of course. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but it, most of the stuff I was doing was really two or three nights a week, mm. half a day on the weekend. Yes. Suddenly it became two two sessions a day. Yes. Every day. Yes. You know, and and so there was no rest. Mm. And you soon find out the job of your dreams mm. or whether the job of your dreams is really that <laughs> <laughs> after all. So, so uh, anyway, I never went near a game after I came back. I never went near a game for probably six years. Okay. I, I just had enough. Uh-huh. So, so, uh, so, yeah. And and then you started, you, you were introduced to Harrison? Yeah, yeah. I, I got introduced to that um, you know, a few years after I got back and uh, – it introduced me to aspects of myself that, ah, okay. <laughs> that I soon realised had been actually counterproductive to me okay. for all these years okay. and, and it caused my bankruptcy. Ah, okay. So that was that was really uh, eye-opening, ah. quite confronting actually. Okay. So um, so since then it's been you know a, a, a real journey. Good. Look, look, getting deeper and deeper and into understanding myself and okay. who I am and, and, and what I'm about. So, ah, okay. Interesting. So f- for the listeners who are not aware about Harrison assessment, it is, uh, and James, correct me if I'm wrong, my understanding is it's a, a very detailed tool that tells uh, human psychology or strengths, weaknesses, or how a given individual looks at the world or how we look that specific individual. It's an assessment tool that tells at a for a given person all these different elements these different dimensions to understand in depth uh what that specific human is all about yeah it's it's, it's interesting i mean the whole question here that we we get people um <clears throat> pardon me a bit of a frog in my throat <clears> throat> um is really about we want to know what people enjoy doing mm. both from a a, a motivational side mm. interests what sort of tasks you enjoy mm-hmm. uh, what sort of behavioral characteristics you have mm. um, and we measure about 175 different traits and factors mm-hmm. that build up a really clear picture of one's way of being mm-hmm. and it also also un- uncovers areas where um, counterproductive behaviors start mm. to show up mm. um, we call those imbalances mm. and um, getting some insight into you know how your greatest strengths that you think are really really strong parts of you can actually be quite counterproductive mm. if they're not balanced well yes so and of course they cause all sorts of stress behaviors yes uh, if they're not addressed yes now so, it's uh, i think it's it's <clears throat> these tools there's so much to offer and uh, we'll touch on that but just reverting back i think the Harrison assessment help you as an individual to understand more about yourself at a more detailed level, and then, as you well, mentioned, well, yeah. yes, from a coaching perspective, that's how we use it. But, right. but we also use it for probably more frequently for recruitment. Okay. We want to understand what we're getting or potentially that we're going to employ. Mm. We want to understand what their strengths are. Mm. Are they a good fit for the team, mm. and so on? And uh, what sort of stress behaviours do they mm. have? Mm. How do they need to be managed? Mm. You know, so, you know, how are they going to get on with the teammates? Mm. You know, what are the main drivers? Yes. What do they avoid doing? 
okay. those sorts of things. Oh, okay. So it's it's quite comprehensive, and and we can we can match people's behaviours to specific roles quite Great. easily. Great. Now that's good. <clears throat> so that's uh, for the listeners. If you're not aware of uh, Harrison assessment, yeah, must have a look. Google it, and I'll details of uh, James on the show notes and uh, yeah feel free to get in touch and learn more about the assessment shifting gears uh, one of the key problems challenges we have is we've got a team we know there are say 10 people and uh, how we learn enough about them so we can put them in the right spot within a project team so we understand about their strengths weaknesses what motivates them and uh, we put them in the right spots and each person is different so what communication methods would work what so what are your thoughts on when we are embarking a journey on the digital transformation we are forming this team and this can be complex there can be teams within the client side there are vendors who are we don't have any control over and there can be multiple vendors so consider there is a a mob of 30 individuals from a client vendor side interacting trying to work this out one of the key problems we face is we don't know who should play which role uh, and uh, how we can simplify communication how we can learn more about these individuals so what your thoughts are okay right well the first thing you need to do is define the roles mm. so what are you exactly are you looking for mm. from a competency perspective mm. so qualifications experience mm. those sorts of things but also from a behavioral side mm. so it's like putting a, a, a football team or a cricket team yes. or whatever together yes okay you don't want everyone to be the same yes there's no point yes so Different temperaments are required for different roles. Mm. For instance, you know, you put a project team together, there's obviously technical people you want who are highly analytical yes. and they're focused on, you know, and doing the, the technical side of, of the job. But there's other people who need to be doing the interpersonal side, mm. dealing with vendors and clients and those sorts of things. Yes. Um, and, you know, once you realise what all the different roles are, you know what the different roles are, Yes. then we start to, to look for people who fit that profile, mm. right? Once you've got that, mm. okay, you need then to So, what, what are we trying to achieve? Mm. Okay, we need to get everybody on the same page. Mm. You know, we need to get them all agreeing, mm. you know, on, on the path that we're taking here. Mm. So, so, so it's a bit of a process to, to, to do that, but mm. well worth the effort. Yep. To, to to get real clarity around again what you're looking for. Yes. And who who are going to fill those particular seats? Absolutely. Yeah. So what what do you think in terms of say for instance I set up this project team I'm I'm going to invest in the digital transformation a big project in front of me. I don't know many people around. I I need a project manager, a few business analysts, an architect. So there is a bit of technical team I need. Mm. There are I need some people from the business who will be the subject matter experts providing input for the business requirements, doing testing and security and whatever else. And uh, there is some support I need from the vendor side. Since it is, I may not know half of them. So I know 
these are sort of rules I need, but I don't know if they are right fit for the role since I don't know them personally. So do you have any thoughts on what what can be done? Well, well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's obviously you, you need to interview the people. Mm. You get, get through that process, yeah. you know, make sure they're competent, as I said before. Mm. Uh, then look at uh, what shows up at the interview. Mm. Then you might say, well, I've got a rough short list here. Mm. Okay. Then you invite them to do questionnaire. Mm. That will give you some more information. It will give you some areas where you might want to just hone in a little bit and mm. dig a little deeper. Mm. Um, and then you have a second interview. Mm. You might do that in a group format. Mm. Okay. Then you start to ask the sorts of questions that, that are relevant to what you've seen, mm. both in the interview and in the reports that we run. Mm. From there, you'll be able to get a good idea whether they're going to be a good a good fit or not. Mm. And um, it's just it's it's simple, not necessarily easy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I think we when we are in heat of the battle, where the the timeline is ticking, and we've got investment going on, other resources are waiting for few people to come in and help. Then the structure goes out of the window. We say we have got five people, we choose one and all the best. Well, unfortunately, sometimes you don't have a choice. Mm. Okay, so then you need to understand what am I getting here? Mm. How am I going to manage that? Mm. How am I going to get the, how can I, once I know what the person's highest strengths are, mm. how can I frame things in a way that's going to allow them to express those things they do mm. naturally and easily? Mm. All right? Mm. So very, very important to understand that we're not trying to change people's behavior is difficult at best. Mm. Impossible at worst. Mm. Okay, so you need to work with what you've got mm. and how we're going to shoehorn that into what we're looking to achieve. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm. So, James, I'm going to ask you a very difficult and open question. Why it is so difficult for people to work together? If I am investing in a technology project, I say I've got a budget of X, I've hired these 20, 30 people to work on a project, why people, the experienced professional people, struggle to work together as a team? What is the challenge? Well, ego plays a big part in Ego plays a big part in it, of course. Um, mm. So there's lots of um, areas where, on the interpersonal side, where some people just don't like others. Mm. I can give you a couple of examples of that, if, mm. you, if you like. Mm. Um, some people are highly um, confident that they're right mm. all the time. Mm. And other people are quite open mm. to new ideas and, and what have you. Mm. Um, and this person who is very certain of their own opinion can be quite dogmatic. Mm. If they come across somebody who shares the same views as they do, they'll get on really well. Mm. But if they come across somebody who doesn't agree with them, mm. then there's going to be conflict. Mm. There are other people who are very straightforward, direct to the point, mm. okay, and, and quite aggressive in the way they, they're quite blunt in mm. the way that they, they approach people. And others are highly diplomatic, mm. which I was for a, a long time. Mm. Um, the diplomatic people tend to not like people who are mm. blunt. Mm. You, know? you should be nice to people all the time. So, it's, it's, so is it it's, like a diversity? Oh, you think oh, that it is? It's it's um, they just don't you know what what's what's at play here is that um, for me is when I was you know extreme I still am very diplomatic but um, but I wasn't very um, 
uh, frank, if you like, for, for want of a better term. Mm. So I'd rather not say anything. Okay. I'd rather keep quiet and not make a scene. Okay. Right. And my feeling was that, or well, my belief at the time was, you should be nice to people. And there's mm. lots of people around like this. Mm. You know, the, the, it's quite common. Mm. You should be nice to people. Mm. But um, and what had happened, of course, is that I don't like people who are who are extremely forthright. Mm. You shouldn't be like that. Mm. I don't. So therefore, I was I repressed that in myself. Mm. I don't like people, so I'm not going to be like that. Mm. When I come across someone who is, I don't like them. Mm. And they think that's on the opposite side, mm. they think people like me are weak. Yes. You should be straight with people all the time. Yes. Consequently, there's a strong you know, likelihood there's going to be conflict there. Yes. And, yes. And so there's quite a number of different examples of that. Mm. People who are authoritarian, for instance. Mm. You, know, you know, it's like a red, red flag to a... A, a bull, you know. Mm, yes, yes. So, so uh, you know, it's it's there's lots of different ways of looking at these, these different types of um, personalities. Yes. That so, c- is is that because we are different, we think differently, we view the world differently. Yes. And that is one of the reasons why people tend to find it difficult to work together. And other reason, perhaps, is egos. Uh, okay. Now that. That's good. I agree with that. How about diversity? Because there's a big talk about diversity. If we, do you think if people who are sharing same values, they are same backgrounds, maybe same race, maybe same country, we put them together, the likelihood of working together and performing as a one team is higher than diverse team? Yeah, um, We tend to like people who are like us. Mm. That, that's just a fact. Mm. Uh, for those who are listening who are old enough, mm. remember back to the personal columns in the newspapers, mm. you'd put an ad in looking for a potential partner. It would be, oh, I'm looking for someone who's a non-smoker, likes walks in the countries, in the country, likes going to the movies. Mm. You're describing yourself. Mm. I want someone like me. Yes. Okay. But in business, you don't want that. Mm. We don't want clones of each other. Mm. We, want, we, want, we want that diversity. Yes. Okay. But the challenge, of course, is, is getting them all to work together. Yes. This is why it's so important to have a common aim or a common goal. Yes. sense of, you know, why are we doing this? What's, what's the purpose behind what we're doing? Can yes. we agree on that? Yes. And that's, that will tend to bring people together. And, and it's sort of encouraging people to be more accepting mm. of difference. Yes. You know, it, it's, it's simple again, but not, not always easy. <laughs> yes. So what, what I'm hearing is that there is a a lot of value in diversity because diversity brings different experiences yes. different strengths together and we have got a there is more chances we'll have a more refined solution but it comes with challenges as well because diversity is going to bring a difference of opinion and how we can work together as a team can be challenged at times have I got it right, James? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one thing that you could probably look for in everybody is the willingness to be open, mm. to open to new ideas, new ways of looking at things. Mm. If you've got that attitude, then you're far more likely to be accepting of other people as well. Mm. Yeah. So that would be one key trait that I would look for. And as a leader, what what sort of values, qualities I should possess so I can walk the talk rather than just talk? Okay. Um, 
Well, one thing that, that, that I think a good leader needs is the ability to, you know, bring people together as a group. Mm. But but also, um, I put this: um, they are the decision maker ultimately. Mm. But when you give people responsibility mm. and authorities, mm. they will tend to thrive. Mm. So it's being a leader almost from behind, mm. in a sense, where, okay, I've got a team here, right, everybody, here's what I'm thinking of doing, what do you reckon, what do you think? Mm. Encouraging people to participate in the decision-making process, mm. get them involved, mm. make them feel valued, make them feel wanted, mm. make them feel heard. Mm. Okay? Ultimately, I still make the decision. Mm. But if I do it on my own without consulting them, mm. am, I, am I likely to make the best decision possible? Mm. Probably not because somebody may come up with a better idea. Mm. And if you, if you are seen to be doing that, mm. you're more inclusive, mm. then it can't help, help build team morale. Mm. And it should be genuine as well. Oh, because yes. what, like on, based upon this, this advice, and I, I hear this a lot, but in practice in boardrooms what we generally acknowledge is a leader will come in and say yep this is agenda this is what i think tell me what you think and then that's a it's a, it's a done deal because what you think as a leader everyone else is going to be likely to well, be pleasing that's the way you frame, the way you yeah. frame it isn't it you know <laughs> and and of course authenticity comes in here mm. you've got to be seen to be genuine yes Okay, and that comes from within. Yes, like from heart. You can't fake it. Yes, yes. <laughs> People can see right through it. <laughs> so, so I'm not trying to put you put on a, a front here. Mm. This is who I am. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm open. Am I perfect? No. Mm. Am I willing to take on what you think? Mm. Okay. So you might inst- instead say, well, this is the outcome we're looking for. I'm looking for ideas. Mm. What do you think? Mm. Come on, let's get the whiteboard up and go through it. Yes. Okay. Get loads of opinions and what have you, mm-hmm. and then, then and only then can you say, well, actually, I think, and try and get the agreements of everybody. This is probably the best best way to go. Mm. This is how we do it. Yep. So one of the key leadership traits is inclusivity, where with an open heart yes. and a genuine intent, I want to listen what others have to say. What else, as a leader, you think I should develop so I can develop a, a good team culture within my organization? Well, at the same time, you still need to have that ear of authority. Mm. Okay? I'm mm. the leader. And, and to be seen to be a, a leader. Mm. And again, it's an intangible in lots of ways. Yes. Okay? And that comes from a very strong sense of inner confidence. Mm. Now, I'm talking confidence here without arrogance. Yes. And there is a fine line, I think. Oh, it can be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can be. Um, and good leaders uh, uh, display that in spades. They do, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, you know, I've seen many, many really good leaders that, that do have that quality. And yep. people will tend to follow them, yeah, because uh, you know they make people around them feel heard, yes. they feel wanted, uh, they're happy to take their opinions. Um, but at the end of the day, everybody knows that that decision lands finally with the, with the person who is responsible for getting the outcomes ultimately. Yes. Which yes. is a leader. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So the second is real the second point is is really after you're listening, ultimately you take ownership of your decisions yes. and everyone should know we have done our part and it's up to the leader to decide and be accountable to the decisions that are being made. Yes, yes of course. Ultimately the uh, the buck stops there. Mm. 
Yeah. Anything else that comes to your mind? Uh, not right in the minute. <laughs> okay, no, that, that um, that's good. And in terms of leadership in general, again, similar question, James. Why leadership is so difficult? Why we it's hard to find leaders? When I was in in uni back home in India, one of my chemistry professors he said, "Don't be at the the ground level." be on the top when you go on the top you will see there is a vacuum there are not many good leaders on the top ground work when everyone is it's all full of people they are all competing as you go up which means high value work you will see that there is no leadership there is is really hard to find good leaders as we do a high value complex work so in bigger organizations it's hard to find good leaders so why yeah. why well, lead- look, clear clearly competence is, mm. is is a major part of that mm. okay they know the stuff mm. you know they're, they're right on top of everything mm. um, they're also very good strategically mm. they're very good at looking things from a helicopter view mm. they're not scared to take risks mm. okay like entrepreneurs are, you know they're notorious mm. for it in a way mm. sometimes entrepreneurs take too big a risk. Mm. Okay, so it's getting that balance between, yeah, I'll take this risk, but I'm well aware of the potential downsides. Mm. And so it's risk versus reward. Mm. Happy to do that. Mm. So being willing to accept that responsibility, mm. which a lot of people won't do. They're too cautious. Mm. They're scared they might make a mistake. Mm. Good leaders are happy with that. They're okay with it. Mm. Okay, being uh, vulnerable and say, yep. uh, yeah, uh, okay, uh, I'm willing to take that responsibility. Mm. And and. How many people are willing to do that? No, you find scapegoats. Not that many. You know, to do it without blame. Yes. Without, without, you know, without judgment. Yes. Okay? I'll accept responsibility here. Yes. Because yes. I'm the one that made that final decision. So if you look history, which leaders comes to your mind that tick boxes where you say, yep, that leader is, is an ideal. So any leaders that comes to your mind? God, you struck me with that one. Um, I don't know. You look at someone like Winston Churchill, for instance, mm. you know, Second World War. Mm. He took full responsibility mm. and, and uh, led the country through you know, a, a very, very difficult time mm. and um, tremendous courage. I know he suffered from, uh, from uh, depression and what have you, but you know, what he did mm-hmm. uh, during the Second World War was, was uh, phenomenal. Okay. I thought, yeah. Um, I'm thinking political leaders here, they're the ones that are really... <laughs> okay. No, no, that's whatever comes to your sort of mind. Um, but that, that would be the main one. Um, okay. I mean, I'm not too impressed with uh, many of the leaders these days, but uh, that's another story. No names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about change now. So we, we covered team, we talk about leadership, why it's so difficult. Now, let's let's cover a bit about change so change management in any digital transformation, it's, it's all about change. And uh, transformation means radical change. So the key theme is, okay, we are moving from our existing world to the new world. It's all about change. So how we adapt and adopt change. But the question here is, what, what, what are your thoughts on change in general? Why people perceive change being very difficult? Why it's not so easy to adapt and adopt to the change? Okay. Uh, well, we're creatures of habit. Mm. 
So if you've got an organisation, you've got a number of people in there that have been doing things a particular way for a number of years, mm. and somebody comes in and says, right, we're changing everything now, mm. there's going to be huge resistance. Mm. Why, we've always done it this way. Mm. It, it's, it's just a basic human trait, I think, you know, that we, we're so used to doing things this way, why would we change? Mm. So that is, is one aspect of it. Um, another one is, is simply that um, changing people's behaviour mm. is Again, difficult at best, impossible mm. uh, at worst. Mm. You know, there's uh, when I look at people's character traits, mm. their behavioural traits, mm. um, these are things that have been developed over many, many years mm. and, and suddenly getting people to, uh, I mean, realisation is one thing, getting people to see things, uh, mm. if they're coachable, if they're willing to, to be coached, mm. um, is, is, is insight is one thing, mm. but insight without action it's mm. utterly useless. Mm. And that's the difficult it, change takes not only insight, time. Mm. You know, in my experience. Mm. To come in and suddenly make a radical change mm. um, that instantly is is for me it's difficult. And it's not something I've got a lot of experience in within organizations to be honest. Mm. But um but from what I know of people that I've dealt with over many, many years, mm. that that is the case. Okay. So it's the key thing is the habit of adopting something new and then that's where the resistance yeah because if i if i take that same person mm. as resisted change because i've done it always done it this way mm. and i employ them in a new job in a new company mm. and and say right okay this is how we do things here mm. they'll take it on no problem mm. here's our processes this is what we do yep 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 mm. okay but you take that same person from before mm. would find it difficult to change that's because it's something new Mm. I'm going into a new environment, new people. Mm. It's much easier to do it that way than it is to to do it within an existing uh, environment. Yes, I don't know whether you've noticed that before. No, yeah, I haven't thought about that aspect. If if we change job, then we are so adaptive to everything. I say, okay, because that that's what we we prepare for. That question of change. Doesn't I think we we move jobs thinking that okay it's all going to be different anyway I think we are, we are much prepared mm. on so it is our decision to move and hence the change as well but while we are in the existing workplace and then we are changing then it's saying oh yeah. it's my thing oh the world is changing for me and, and I think and of course that will change from individual depending on on what their character strengths and yeah. weaknesses are yes so some will be more more um, Willing to willing to change mm. if they've got different characteristics, mm. uh, but but a lot of people won't. Ah, so, okay. So that, yeah. And what things comes to your mind if how we can smooth that process of change? So we cannot change habits overnight. It takes time. So we understand that. But anything comes to your mind to facilitate change, so it doesn't come as a surprise. Do it bit by bit, slowly. Okay. Okay, and, and it's not it's not some huge change. Yep, it can be done in, in incrementally. Yep. Okay, it's like any learning any new skill. Yep. You do it a little bit. Yes. Okay, you get practice. Repetition is the mother of skill. Yes. <laughs> okay, and so you do it that way. Mm. And then once they're used to that, then we just introduce. It's like coaching football. Yes. I've yes. done it for many years. Yes. Okay? You teach somebody how to do a particular skill. Mm. Repetition. Repetition. And people will always go back to their most learned behavior. Mm. So you, that's where the repetition comes in. Okay. 
So that means from a leadership side, it is to mm. be more supportive, more patient yes. and being set the expectations as well that it takes time. And the understanding that it takes time yes. and, and not to make it too difficult. If you're under a high stress job, mm. suddenly changing everything, <laughs> yes. throw people right out. Yes. Okay. So you need to be very thoughtful in the way that you go about doing that. Yes. In my opinion. Yes. Good. And in terms of motivation, well, there are different things that motivates people. Mm. When it comes to change, what do you think, what motivates the most, or what are the key motivation triggers that uh, leaders should be aware of? Well, find out what's important for the person. Mm. Okay? Once you understand, you set some goals, perhaps, mm. that are relevant to mm. that individual, mm. Okay, um, then... then things would be a lot easier. So that means knowing the individuals that are... Understanding who it is you've got there. Mm. Understand what their wants, their needs are. Because, mm. look, employment and engagement, are, 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 it's a two-way street. Because mm. once, you know, we all know what we want as employers. Mm. You know, we want these outcomes. We want these KPIs. Okay, but rarely does anyone ask what the employee wants. Mm. What, you know, what... Some of the, the look, the most common thing that people want is to be heard, is to be feel valued, mm. to be listened to, to be appreciated, to be recognized. Mm. Okay, um, they're the most common things, mm. but other people want development, mm. some want advancement. Mm. Okay, the, these are little things that that, that are little carrots that, mm. that, that can be you know that can be given you know at the right time. Mm. I wouldn't use them necessarily as as as. as, as um, as an incentive, as an incentive, no, mm. no, but but there would be a little surprise. Okay, you're doing well. Oh, got this course coming up. Would you like to do it? Mm. And and um, people will love that. They love it. Mm. So I think it's a, the, the, one of the key themes that is emerging is knowing intimately about the people, and that's where I can help us as leaders to manage change mm-hmm. and uh, get them. The, the right team, putting them in the right places, yes. help them develop and they add a lot of value because we intimately understand them as individuals. So it's a win-win. But we have, as leaders, as, as owners of the business, as executives, we must take initiative to learn more about our people so we can serve them and then they can return back value because, yeah, yeah, we are understanding independent. <clears throat> Look, I, I just, um, uh, no names here, no, I won't mention the company name, but a, a fairly large company with a multi, multi million dollar turnover. Mm. I've been working with them for the last 12 months or so, mm. working with their leadership team mm. here in WA. Mm. And the whole idea was I've been working closely with the general manager, mm. and she, her big thing is we've got to look after our people. Mm. We've got to make sure culture is really important to us. Mm. So, I'm working with them. I'm coaching their leadership team. Not all of them needed it. But probably half the team needed ongoing coaching, which I provided, and all went well. Mm. Um, none of them felt they were being paid enough, but none of them wanted to leave. Mm. Why? Because they were being valued. They were being, you know, they were being given coaching. They were, you know, given other little incentives mm. that kept them motivated because it showed that you know the general manager mm. cared about them. Mm. Right. There was still the accountability there. They still had to get the job done. Mm. Okay? And they did it. Mm. They were doing it. Mm. Then I got a phone call from her mm. saying, I've resigned. 
Mm-hmm. My team are devastated that I resigned. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Well, my values don't match those of the CEO. Oh, okay. The CEO doesn't care. Okay. So CEO changed recently? No, no. The CEO's always been there. She's always been struggling with it. Okay. okay but she did it, not in spite, but, but independently of him, she would make sure that the team were looked after. Okay. Okay. But, but his attitude was, all he was interested in was the money. Uh-huh. Nothing else. Uh-huh. And it, finally, the straw broke the camel's back. Enough. Mm. So right now, it's only just happened. Mm. So right now, I think he's going to find out over the next three months or so mm. what an effect his inability to have any empathy towards his staff mm. is going to cost him. Yeah, because I could almost guarantee that at least half of them will be on the on their bikes. They'll yeah. be looking elsewhere. Yeah, and it's a ripple effect. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, it's an old saying, and I, I, it's an old cliche, but the fish rots from the head. Yeah, and, and I'm just staggered. <laughs> how could any? How could someone so smart be so stupid? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, amazing. But, but that's a good example of, you know, of, of a leader who's my way. Yes, my way or the highway. Yes. And he, the, the the leadership team were insulated from him by the general manager. Mm. Okay, <laughs> amazing. So, uh, I'm, I'm still really. Getting my head around it. <laughs> uh, so, what advice, James, you will give to leaders in general? So, based upon the discussion we have so far, what is maybe three things that comes to your mind that you will like to share with the leaders, the people who are responsible for the transformation? Be very clear mm. about where you're heading. Mm-hmm. What what outcomes are we looking for? Mm-hmm. Share them with your team. Mm-hmm. Get them involved. Mm-hmm. Understand that that and and encourage the fact that as you're growing, because you're, ideally you're growing as an organisation, mm-hmm. we want the people to grow with us. Mm-hmm. So in other words, we're going to need supervisors. We're going to need managers. Mm-hmm. We're going to need executives mm-hmm. as we get bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we want you to be part of that. Mm-hmm. But that's up to you. Mm. I, I, I can't promise anything because mm. we've got to see what's what what lies ahead. Mm. But doing those things, given that assurance, mm. that self assurance that, that that says, "I'm going this way. I want you to come come with me." Mm. Okay, and and if you can do that, mm. you're far more likely to um, um, build a good strong team. Great. And what are your thoughts on? And this is like a side step, a question that is just in my mind. I'm going to ask you. So, <laughs> so what are your thoughts on team building exercises where the project team is formed? We have a team building day where we go out, we have fun, we throw. If you're going to do anything, <laughs> take them paintballing <laughs> because you'll find out who the leaders are. You'll find out those that, are, that, that take charge. Mm-hmm. You'll find out those that hide. Mm. You find out who the team players are and who aren't, who the individuals are that will go one out mm. on, the, on their own, and just stand back and watch. Okay. And you'll learn an awful lot about your team that way. Okay, but do you see that team building exercises? That's they, not team building, by that. That is that is finding out what your team <laughs> is all about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what we call as the team building, 
do you, do you see value in i formed this team got a team of 30 people we know the roles who are now okay since you don't know each other and how about if i take you out for a team building day we we going to have fun then lunch then drinks and come back do you see is value in doing that i do but um it's not my area of because uh, okay. i haven't done a lot of it to be honest and I, okay. probably not not an area that I, I perhaps should comment on. Oh, okay, good. No, um, oh, it was a random thought. I thought, okay, yeah, let me yeah. check with James what James well, thinks well, about I've already, it. I've already sort of covered off on on the stuff that you know. Yeah. You know the the, the, the visioning, the the uh, uh, you know the, the, the galvanising of the team together. Yeah. Um, but the the, the ins and outs of doing actual team building exercises. Mm. Um, I, I'll, I'll pass on that one. Yeah. No, yeah. that's good. I like it. Any final thoughts? James Not really I think we've covered off on 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 most of it mm. um no just uh keep your eyes keep your eyes ahead mm. you know don't give up yes yes don't yes. give up on your team yep you know show trust yep if you give trust you're likely to get it yep and and, and uh it's true of communication it's true of anything really mm. you know show it mm. show it first yourself mm. and that's likely to come back your way mm No that's 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 <clears throat> valuable and then a few few things that emerges often within within the discussion we had is genuinely interest being genuinely interested in your team understand more intimately see what strengths what motivations they have and then place them in the right spots and then yeah from a change be patient it takes time have a thorough and be authentic yeah and be authentic yeah Yeah. Yeah and uh, yeah don't tick boxes do it from from yeah, the heart. From the heart. Yeah. yeah. And while we said all of that it's yeah. not easy. <laughs> no, look it's, it's you can't buy experience. Yes, uh, yes. You can't yes. do it. Yes. And and uh, which when which, which brings up another aspect of authenticity which is vulnerability. Mm. You know being okay with mistakes. Mm. Being okay with being open, being okay with you know um being judged <laughs> okay you can't die from it yes At the very least you'll learn from it yes okay and that's part of growing yes it really is yes so. good no that's that's i love it thank you james it has been yeah it has been very refreshing these things we talk but i think uh, there is so much to be done at individual levels for for everyone really going to switch gears now we're going to do more oh no <laughs> <laughs> more, oh, no. more fun I'll, stuff. I'll I'll let it work it. It's not worrying about this. <laughs> Now still you got some time. So in this round it's a rapid fire round where I'm going to ask random quick questions to James. It's more of a fun thing and uh, yeah James is obviously not prepared so it's going to come to my mind and but, but he's but he's open and willing to participate <laughs> being vulnerable <He's> being vulnerable <laughs> yeah. yes let's get into it james are you ready for it go <laughs> let's start with a simple one what's your favorite color sky blue one thing you regret in your life one thing i regret amongst many um leaving my family behind Mm-hmm. to come to australia mm-hmm. one thing you like to change now in what way anyway and it could be a habit it could be something you want 
maybe waking up early or not, not doing something or starting something. So one thing you like to change in, in your life? One thing I'd like to change in my life, um, be closer to my, uh, my my boys. Okay. Yeah. So family. Yeah. Or? Yeah. I've got one, one boy, one one of my sons in in Melbourne and the other one in Spain. Okay. And with the grandkids, I can't get close uh, to them. So that's, that's one thing I would change. Oh, okay. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> Top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> Good. What advice would you give to your 30-year-old? So when you're 30, so what advice would you give? Stop being so hard on yourself. Okay. I hear this a lot, James. Yeah. Whenever I ask this question, I think yeah, it's, I hear this yeah. a lot. Yeah. And I do that. I mean, I punish myself. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Something to learn. I see a lot of it with my clients as well. Oh, okay. <clears throat> What's your greatest fear? Greatest fear? Um, I don't really have one, to be honest. Okay. Ah, that's good. Certainly not death. Okay. No. That's good. I mean, no. that's impressive. Good. Um, define yourself in three words or less. Loving. Dependable. Mm-hmm. Loyal. Now I'll acknowledge loving, dependable, loyal. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's very, very close. Good. That's the end of our Yay. rapid fire. <laughs> I thought it was going to be more. <laughs> no, no. I think we keep it simple. And uh, no, it, it, it's very good, James. Thank you for it. Now, quickly tell us what are your future plans? So what you are planning in coming years? Well, I'm not getting any younger. In case, you, in case you hadn't noticed. <laughs> um, no, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, mm. I, I love the people side of things. Great. And just trying to make a – I've got no plans to, for world domination or anything like that. Mm. Uh, I'm more than happy just to keep, you know, going the way I'm going in the best way I can. Good. Uh, uh, and impacting as many people locally as I can. That's, that's it. That's great. Keep yeah. it simple. And uh, if – our audience wants to connect with you. Any thoughts on how, is it LinkedIn or any other? Well, you can connect with me on LinkedIn for sure. Um, it's fairly straightforward, James Bryden. Just look for that, Great. B-R-Y-D-E-N. Um, uh, you could go to my website, uh, which is productivitycoach.com.au. Mm-hmm. Um, my phone number's on there. So Great. Yeah, Easy. Love, love to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> James, great. Thank you. I just want to say... Uh, heartfelt thank you it has been such a pleasure talking to you learning more about you there's so many things i mean i know you for quite a while but like as an instance i didn't know you served royal marines and uh, you have got uh yes i'm a trained killer didn't you know <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh and uh, yeah you mean uh, a commando and yeah i mean this is this is and this is true for all all other guests as well it's uh, so much that we we have done in our life and uh, yeah we we change paths but one thing that continues is our our learning and uh, that's where you add a lot of value by sharing your insights on the, on the human element within digital transformation yeah. so look i you. don't yeah i don't claim to be uh, uh, correct in everything um, it's just the way I see things. And, yes. And if people agree with it, great. If not, that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. yeah. But thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure since I got to know you and, and uh, to see you doing so well is, is an absolute pleasure. So, great. Thank you. Good thank you, you, James. Oh, thank Appreciate you. it. All right. Thank you. That's the end of our podcast. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode.
With that, I take your leave. Have a great rest of the day, night, wherever you are. And uh, all the best with your digital transformation journey. Bye now. Thank you.